to Alan Smith and Bishop Sheen today, today in the next hour. And as always, we have our Fear and Trembling game show, and we have prizes to give away, so make sure you have that. Uh, you tune in again for that and call in, and you can always call in early. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions. Whatever you have going on in your life, we're praying for those difficulties. We pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. But in a special way, during the month of the Sacred Heart, we pray in reparation for all the sins and outrages and offenses against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the smashing of the LGBT heresy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, I consecrate myself wholly to thee, and with thy aid I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Let us pray, Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts the fire of charity, which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost heart upon this earth and will that it should burn with vehemence, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Thursday, May 8th, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Catholic World News and LifeSite News are reporting USCCB President calls for prayers for Pope Francis. As Pope Francis recovers from surgery, he is strengthened by faith in the healing power of our merciful God, said Archbishop Timothy Brolio, President of the USCCB. Please keep Pope Francis and all those in the hospital in your prayers today and every day. Jesus always walks with us and is even closer whenever we need healing and comfort. Pope Francis is awake and alert, doctors say, after the surgery goes without complications. Catholic World News is reporting the European court. Ukraine is in violation of human rights treaty because it does not recognize same-sex unions. The European Court of Human Rights has ruled that Ukraine is in violation of the European Convention of Human Rights, a human rights treaty drafted in 1950 because Ukraine does not offer legal recognition of homosexual unions. The judges cited an anti-discrimination provision at the convention. The Ukrainian constitution defines marriage as a union of a man and a woman. President Zelensky is a proponent of legislation that would legalize so-called same-sex marriage. Catholic News Agency and Achi Prensa are reporting in addition to allegations of sexual abuse of minors by a number of deceased Jesuits in Bolivia, six others, including the current provincial superior, are now reportedly under investigation for cover-up. And finally, LifeSite News is reporting The Chosen, the popular TV series, faces calls for boycott after the director, actors defend LGBT pride flags on the set. The hit TV show defended pride flags on the set and multiple actors blasted conservative Christians online, sparking a wave of outrage among fans. Those were your headlines this morning. God bless you all. The Gospel of the Day comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes heard their dispute and finding that he answered to the purpose, came up and asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first commandment of all is, Listen, Israel, there is no God but the Lord thy God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with, thy, with the love of thy whole heart, in thy whole soul, in thy whole mind, and thy whole strength. 
This is the first commandment. And the second, its like is this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Truly, Master, thou hast answered well. There is but one God and no other beside him. And if a man loves God with all his heart and all his soul and all his understanding and all his strength and his neighbor as himself, that is a greater thing than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Then Jesus, seeing how wisely he had answered, said to him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And after this, no one dared to try him with further questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The commentary in the Gospel comes from a number of places. I'm going to start with the, from Aquinas and then go to Cornelius Alapide. Aquinas here says, See how he has enumerated all the powers of the soul. For there is a living power in the soul, which he explains when he says, With all thy soul, and to this belong anger and desire, all of which he will have us give to divine love. What does this mean? That means our anger and desire can be given to divine love. Because anger is only bad when it's directed towards things that we should not be angry about. But when our anger is directed towards things that offend God, this is actually a virtue. We should be angry about injustice. And so this is something to keep in mind. There is also another power, which is called natural, to which belong nourishment and growth. And this also is all to be given to God, for which reason he says, with all thy heart. There is also another power, the rational, which he calls the mind. And that too is to be given whole to God. Now the gloss says the words which are added and with all thy strength may be referred to the bodily powers. And it goes on that the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He says that it is like because these two commandments are harmonious one with the other and mutually contain the other. For he who loves God loves also his creature, but the chief of his creature is man. Wherefore, he who loves God ought to love all men. But he who loves his neighbor, who so often offends him, ought much more to love him, who is ever giving him benefit. And therefore, on account of the connection between these commandments, he adds, there is none other commandment greater than these. Now notice here, there is an order to these sacraments, to these, to these commandments. The number one commandment is to love God. The number two commandment is to love neighbor. If you invert these and love neighbor before you love God, you have now perverted the order of love because you cannot love truly man. You cannot love truly your neighbor unless you love God because then people will say things like, I don't know, love is love. And they will say, oh, you have to love your neighbor. So therefore, I'm not going to say anything that would offend them. I'm not going to speak the truth. But if you love God first, then you have to keep his commandments. You have to respect the things that our Lord says. And then, and only then, can you know how to love your neighbor properly. Now, Cornelius Alapide on this, to- on this same topic says, And to love one's neighbor as oneself is a greater thing than all holocausts and sacrifices. Holocausts were sacrifices in which the whole victim was burnt and sacrificed to God by fire. This is what God says. He says, I will mercy and not sacrifice. And that the knowledge of God more than Holocaust. 
This young man tacitly assents to the saying of Christ and condemns the scribes who preferred sacrifices, which yielded profit to themselves, to mercy and the love of our neighbor. And this was why they bade children say to their parents when they were in need, korban or oblation. Now, lastly, he says here, thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Thou art not far from the way of salvation. For the love of God and our neighbor is the pathway to heaven. Again, it means thou art not far from my church, by which militant here on earth we go to the church triumphant in heaven. Still as yet thou lackest faith to believe in me as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and to obey my commandments, so that thou mayest indeed become a Christian. And if thou wilt be perfect, leave all things and follow me, as the apostles have done. When then he says thou art not far, he shows, says Victor of Antioch, that he was still at some distance, and that he ought to reach forward to that which was before, and seek diligently for things that were yet wanting unto him. So let's keep this in mind today. Do you want to be on the pathway to heaven? Then love God, and then love neighbor. If you do those two things, then do whatever you want after that. That's what St. Augustine says, love God and do what thou wilt. But remember, if you love God, you will keep his commandments. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass? Scripture and the Eucharist. Great job. You're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, The Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals. Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. And there are a lot of interesting stories during uh, this month. But before we jump into these stories, I wanted to update you on what was going on with Pope Francis. You know, Pope Francis, he woke up. And he is uh, reportedly awake and alert. And the doctors say that the surgery goes without con- uh, complications. And that he will be recovering, and his schedule is now cleared until June 18th. So the next 10 days, he will be in recovery, it seems. And so keep that in your prayers, and be just be aware of what's going on. The, the kind of uh, suspicious some of the uh, res- reports out on this topic. I mean, they were saying, well, you know, this wasn't really an emergency. And I was like, but then why was it not scheduled? 
And I don't know. I don't know. Something to keep in mind. So we'll, the, we'll the Vatican press office is famous ever since I started following uh, John Paul II for really uh, obsef- <clears throat> not not lying, but really uh, evading the truth of, of the matter. It's it's amazing what goes on. I completely agree that with you that. Uh, they said, oh, there's nothing wrong happened. An unscheduled surgery? Come on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They said uh, if it was an emergency, they would have done it when he came into the hospital the day before. But uh, they didn't, so they did it the next day. So maybe it wasn't a, like a life-threatening emergency, but it was emergency enough that they very quickly acted. But I don't know. Uh, the press office doesn't tell us very much, but something good to just to keep in the forefront of our minds. Yeah. But this story over here is very concerning. A L.A. Uh, leftist, or several L.A. leftists, attack Armenian Americans for resisting pride agenda in schools. Uh, thank you to Catholic Vote for uh, putting this information out. The On June 7, 2023, that would be yesterday, a confrontation took place in Glendale, California, between a group of Armenian Americans and a mob consisting of Antifa and LGBTQ activists. Many conservative um, Armenians and Hispanic parents plan to protest this decision, prompting Antifa Southern California to call for counter-protest. Footage of the altercation circulated online with a leftist rioter seen assaulting parent protesters before being arrested. Now, that's very, very concerning. Also, you notice the Armenian and Hispanic parents, because Armenian and Hispanics tend to actually have more conservative values. But the it's, it's very sad, and really, that they kind of brainwash uh, the people who come into America that, oh, yeah, you're totally leftist. We leftists love immigrants, but then they hate the values that the immigrants bring into their country and seek to destroy their way of life. So very true. So very true. It, it's amazing how the, the immigrants that come in, not only are they hard workers, they have conservative values probably stronger than most of us second, third, fourth generation conservatives and Catholics here in America. And for the Armenians to come up, I, I dug a little bit more into this. What happened at, at a Glendale school, they used Armenian symbols and plastered it with gay propaganda. Right. We, yeah. Yeah. So the clash occurred outside a school board meeting in response to the board's decision to incorporate LGBTQ plus pride festival and celebration into school activities during the month of June. Prior to the incident, many parents had already withdrawn their children from classrooms and protest at the board's decision. This is a great uh, idea. If you have kids that are involved in this, pull your kids out of the schools. It says here, some elementary schools reported saw only 40% of students attending classes on June 2nd. Documents revealed that Glendale staff had been attempting to introduce LGBTQ plus materials and ideology into the curriculum. One assistant principal even instructed staff to teach children that every person is inherently queer and socialist. Now, this is incredibly concerning, especially for Armenians who fled communism and the communism who had uh, slaughtered, who had genocided the Armenians, the Armenian Catholics and the Armenian Orthodox over in Armenia. In fact, today, there are more Armenian Catholics in America than there are in Armenia because of how many were killed and how many fled the country. It is absolutely 
tragic. And now they're saying, oh, yes, every person is inherently queer and socialist. Now, what does that tell the people who are Armenian? They tell that tells them, oh, yeah, everybody here in California, we're all inherently people who would want to genocide Armenians. That's amazing that they would come out and say that. Of course, they probably don't. The only genocide they know is uh, the World War II is the Nazis and the Holocaust. That's the only genocide that they know about. Now, continuing on, the Armenian and Hispanic communities in Glendale, which are traditionally conservative, organized the protest against the board's decision. Antifa Southern California labeled these parents as, quote, hate groups and called for activists to counter protest them. One of the concerned parents shared that his daughter felt afraid to change in the locker room due to the lack of cross-gender bathroom policies. The Armenian community in Glendale has historically faced persecution, and they sought to protect their children's safety and express their opposition to the incorporation of these ideologies in the school. Notably, now listen to this. This is absurd. Notably, one of the teachers at the Glendale School District was recently caught on camera downplaying the Armenian genocide. This teacher also works at a L.A. children's hospital with, quote, queer and trans youth. She spoke at the school board meeting saying, quote, I deal with a lot of the trauma of LGBT youth related to the heteronormative Judeo-Christian patriarchal imperialist capitalist system that oppresses them. This is very interesting that they would say telling Armenians who fled genocide. You don't understand. We people who have like three fourths of the year dedicated to us are so oppressed in our country. Telling the people who fled genocide. I want to add some context to what you're uh, explaining, Adrian. The Armenians, when they were slaughtered even before, during and after World War One, on top of World War Two and the c- communism. Adolf Hitler was planning with his staff the moving and the creating and the killing of Jews when one of his lieutenants pointed out to him, well, isn't the world going to know what we're doing? Adolf Hitler was allegedly said, no one remembers the Armenians, and that's because one and a half million of them were slaughtered before and during World War I by the Ottoman Muslims in Anatolia and what is now what's left of Armenia. They pushed them in long trains of caravans into Syria, into, into Istanbul, and whatever else they could do to move them, and they slaughtered them along the way. The Armenians are traumatized by their past. And for the LGBTQ community to go and pick on the Armenians and call them white supremacists, they're picking the wrong battle because they're not, they don't care about political correctness. I'm surprised that the Armenians were not out more in force and just overwhelmed the counter-protesters from the well, gig I, propagandists. I don't know if they would uh, consider themselves traumatized. And I don't. I didn't see anything that, that you see suddenly where they said that they're white supremacists. I saw that people call them a hate group. I didn't see white supremacists. There, there was a fame, uh, Elizabeth Karam. Karanova, I'm murdering her name. I can't remember her name. She's a big influencer on Twitter. She tweets these videos of these uh, protests. They could be Vietnamese Americans, Chinese Americans, Hispanic, white supremacists. supremacists. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the same teacher said that Armenians talk about the genocide, she added, but they don't want to talk about the indigenous, indigenous genocide in the 1850s and the lack of reparations for indigenous and black people in this country. Now, the, this is absurd, the whole conversation about uh, reparations, which is an interesting topic to cover about what's going on in California with reparations. Uh, very interesting. Uh, perhaps I will move to California and identify as African-American so that way I can 
receive that money. But going on, the videos of the altercation circulated online showing a physical confrontation between the leftist rioters, including a man wearing a pink bandana, and the parent protesters. Police made three arrests in connection with the incident. Among those involved in leading the riot was, quote, maybe a girl. Notice that it's a, they're trying to make a joke here. The, this transgender activist, this transvestite, uh, he, he goes by maybe a girl, basically, is what the name is. A local far-left politician who identifies as both transgender and non-binary and prefers the pronouns she, they. Maybe a girl ran for Congress in 2020 and 2022, but lost to the incumbent. Now, this is very interesting to me as well. The, this whole idea, transgender and non-binary. So what are you transitioning into if there's no, this makes no, it's exactly. just a word salad. Uh, now, Glendale has a prominent Armenian-American community with many residents having immigrated in the 1970s to escape communism. It is a recognized that as having the largest Armenian population outside of Armenia. The clash between Antifa and Armenian-American parents highlights the ongoing tensions surrounding the introduction of LGBT education and pride events in schools and resistance it faces from certain communities. Now, I think that the thing to take away from this is that we can actually have this effect. Imagine if every single school just went empty. What would they do? They, what would they do? So there is something that is a great idea that is inspired by these Armenians. Just pull your kids out. And seeing only 40% of students attending classes, imagine. Imagine the message that would send. Well, that's something that we have to do, especially right now whenever they're trying to indoctrinate the children. It's the only way that we can resist this. Now, in the last couple seconds we have here, I want to switch over to the story with the Girl Scouts. Now, the Girl Scouts have gotten in trouble many times, and they've attempted to recover. And there was a big thing whenever they were giving money to Planned Parenthood. They're like, no, no, we're not giving money to Planned Parenthood, not directly anyway. And they were very uh, having this huge campaign to try to regain a huge of their market share because many people, my family included, uh, just stopped buying Girl Scout cookies because they were giving money to pro-abortion uh, groups. Same here. And so during the same time, now we look now and they come in and they say Girl Scouts are now offering new pride-themed, quote, fun patch. A pride fun patch. The patch can be earned by attending a pride celebration. And remember, pride celebrations are always, I've never heard of a pride celebration where there wasn't some kind of perversion being promoted to kids. And so they're telling little girls, oh, go to a pride celebration. Or you can get one by studying LGBTQ plus history or creating art celebrating leaders within the LGBTQ plus community. So if you want to support, and this is a crazy thing, LGBTQ plus ideology, this is all promoting a particular people's sexualities. So they're saying, can you depict art promoting other people's sexualities? That's disgusting. Why are we wanting children, little girls, to be promoting other people's sexuality, to be learning about the history of sexual liberation? This is something that's even on a normal way, even if it wasn't dissident and disgusting, uh, these kind of disgusting sexualities, even if it was normal sexuality. Imagine if you told a kid, I want you to write about heterosexual heterosexuality and depict art depicting heterosexuality. That's strange. That's disgusting. We would never do that. And it's only exasperated and made worse 
and made more perverted by the fact that it's this perversion of sexuality, that this anti-sexuality, because it cannot even be related to the marital act. It is something that is disgusting. In fact, we have a revulsion to it. We have such a natural revulsion to it that they know that they have to. They have to indoctrinate the kids because we have a natural repugnance to these disgusting acts. And so the only way they can get people to accept it is to expose them to it and give the children exposure therapy. Well, when we come back, Catholics for Catholics with John Yeh. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Haven't you honestly wondered, why do all the different denominations break away from each other? Timeline, 1500s, Luther breaks from the Catholic Church. 16th century, John Knox is influenced by Calvin, breaks from Luther, thus the Presbyterians. 17th century, John Smith then breaks away and starts the Baptist. 18th century, Wesley breaks and starts the Methodist. Even crazier are all the scores of non-denominational individuals who break from each other generally due to cosmic ego and, quote, a new revelation. Well, here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Judges 21 says, quote, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Secondly, physics. Once the dam breaks, water goes where it will. Luther broke Canon Law 331, which says about the Pope, By virtue of his office, he possesses supreme, full, immediate, and universal ordinary power in the church. And thirdly, my take. Gifted theologians can be just like my fourth grade friend who said, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. Listen to the spirit world with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Demonic activity appears to be on the rise. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and I invite you to join Adam Bly and me this weekend for the spirit world. On the spirit world, we offer a Catholic perspective on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Guadalupe Radio Network and other EWTN radio affiliates. Visit grnonline.com slash spirit world. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, May 8th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. And these are your headlines for this morning. Catholic News Agency is reporting less than a week after a violent attack against two elderly pro-life activists outside of a Baltimore Planned Parenthood. Both men returned to the abortion facility to continue their work as sidewalk counselors promoting life. The two senior citizens were brutally assaulted in front of the clinic in May 26 by an assailant who remains at large. The unidentified suspect attacked these two elderly men after engaging in a quote-unquote debate with one of the pro-life activists about abortion. Catholic News Agency is reporting a priest rescued three abandoned children in a Mexican town following a confrontation, confrontation between two crime gangs that left one dead and a Catholic church riddled with bullets. The church in the small settlement in, of Santa Anita, a population of only 84 souls, in the Diocese of Tarahumura in the Chihuahua State was a scene of the confrontation between the rival gangs. The settlement is located fewer than 125 miles south of Kerakujoy, also in Chihuahua, where almost a year ago two Jesuit priests were murdered inside a Catholic church. LifeSite News is reporting Christians hold massive prayer vigil at California Capitol to protest a ward for a drag, quote, none, at end quote. The California Catholic Conference, who co-sponsored the vigil, released a statement condemning the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence for committing acts of hate, misogyny, and discrimination against Catholics and our women's religious orders. And finally, 
Live site news is reporting Armenians, Hispanics push back against the radical LGBT ideology clash with a far-left Antifa group. Traditional morality is particularly prevalent in exactly the diverse communities the left pretends that it represents. Daily Wire podcast host Ben Shapiro observed, Armenians are just one example of that. In footage that has since earned widespread attention on social media, a large group of people, largely Armenians, were attacked outside of the building that day. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are your today's headlines. for keeping us Right now is Mr. John Yep. He's a dynamic leader of the Catholics for Catholics, a political advocacy group focused on upholding the Constitution and holding elected officials accountable, uh, particularly those who identify as Catholic. And as the CEO of Catholics for Catholics, John brings his passion for faith and politics to the forefront, shedding light on the intersection of these crucial aspects of society. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. Yep. Hey, it's great to be here. I hope I live up to the term dynamic at 6 a.m. in the morning here on the Pacific, <laughs> uh, Pacific time zone. So we'll give it a run here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we love we love early mornings, but that's uh, it's good. It's a praise be to God. So do my kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, the I actually had never heard of this group, Catholics for Catholics. And so what exactly is your group? I think that's a very interesting idea, holding elected officials accountable. So tell me about this. So this group was born in the midst of the 2022 elections here in Arizona. Uh, we had, uh, I was uh, serving on a Carrie Lake's Catholic coalition with uh, uh, Jesse Romero. And we we were sitting back and just realizing that the most important races in Arizona, the governor, secretary of state, the U.S. Senate race, the two key congressional races, uh, all, all were very important on a national level, that national impact, right? And that being said, when you look at the roster of the Democrat candidates, all five of them. It was like one by one. It was like an earth-shattering moment. We were looking at them and, and realized, oh, my gosh, all five of these identify, uh, at least in name, as being Catholic. Mm. Now, it, 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 as a you know a faithful Catholic, as, as I try to be every, you know, go to Mass every day, it, it hit me number one. Like, okay, the, the, I know there's definitely um, – there's something doesn't add up here. How can they call themselves Catholic when they're in favor of, like, some of the most essential things but our faith teaches uh, – us about and yet they go gets like obviously the uh, abortion is number one uh and the extremity of abortion so there was like the automatic uh they say they're catholic but they're not catholic right then the business side the pragmatic side of us realized that wait a second catholic vote is the biggest voter demographic in the country and it's only increasing it's it's depending on who you quote it's about 23 percent of this nation uh, calls themselves uh, Catholic when they go to the voter polls. So extremely important voter block. So it's it, it's it's obvious if you go and call yourself Catholic, you're you're um, courting this the biggest voter block. So evangelization made us see okay, this is not right. We have to speak up. They call themselves Catholic. They're not Catholic. Mm -hmm. Number two is uh, from purely business sense and, and for the sake of the country, like. They can't claim something that's going to have such a, a, a major effect on the elections, right? So, hence, in October of 2022, uh, Catholics with Catholics was born. It's a 501c4 uh, nonprofit, and with the mission of basically uh, making clear again what it means to be Catholic, is specifically in the public square. What does that mean? I mean, there's a lot of talk right now. We uh, definitions, right? Uh, the most famous. Uh, 
uh, question everyone's asking now is in the month of June, what is a woman? Based off Matt Walsh's documentary, it's almost like we're posing the question, well, what is a Catholic? You know, what does mm-hmm. it mean? And it's supposed to like, how does it look at, at to label yourself? Like, because people may all realize this, but in the official Congress um, records or um, uh, 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 they have you have you have to state what religion you are. So if you remember the U.S. Senate or the U.S. Congress, they ask you to declare what your religion is. So you will be absolutely surprised. Google it. I, you know, uh, see, you'd be surprised on who calls themselves what, and 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 see how they live or they don't live up to it. So our mission is to get behind uh, candidates who uh, really do um, incarnate those Catholic values. Now, do we back non-Catholic candidates? Yeah, we do. Because here's the flip, here's a crazy thing in 2023 politics. There are some candidates who may not uh, be baptized Catholics or call themselves Catholic, yet are more Catholic than their Catholic opponent. We live in a crazy world, right? Where where black is white and white is black. So we're we're here to bring a little bit of clarity. Um, you know, first our education and and get that message, re- teach people again what that means, and then concretely uh, to use traditional go, get out the vote methods when it comes time for election to get these people over the finish line. So the question then becomes, and I think this is great, but how does one actually keep them accountable? Because, I mean, you you come out, you say, oh, well, Joe Biden is uh, not a Catholic. And Joe Biden says nothing because he doesn't care. Uh, so how, in what way can you actually enforce uh, this kind of uh, this idea? It's we enforce it in the way that the founding fathers gave us the ability to enforce it, which is to vote them out. That's it. You know, will they listen? Uh, they may not listen to us, but they're going to have to listen to their voter block, right? Mm. And that's how that's how democracy should work, provided elections fair, right? So, um, you know, that that is how we hold them accountable. Um, and, and it's very important that this is not a judgment. You know, philosophy. Um, there's the subjective side. There's the objective side. We're not judging their personal relationship between them and God. That's that's between themselves and God. But on an objective standard, objective means what are their positions? Are their do their positions line up with some of the things that our faith has always taught? Um, some of the five non-negotiables or the, the USCB teaches right. Um, then we can we can make the judgment based on that right so that that's what we we absolutely have to do this it's it's incumbent upon us um you know we see such confusion right now going on and and this is you know adrian um this is not just a negative thing where oh my gosh we have to like save the day and and our faith is being uh embarrassed on the public square i mean it is but right but this is more also an opportunity to evangelize um, you know, and, and it's an exciting time to talk about it, you know, talk about the wealth uh, that we have. And I will further add that there's there's a great book out there. Uh, I recommend it. It's called Catholic Republic by Timothy Gordon. I, you know, we we believe in a lot of what he's uh, taught there. Basically, the line is we are wired Catholic as a nation, uh, labeled Protestant and functioning secular. But his point is that our our, our founding documents specifically the declaration bill of rights uh the constitution they were produced not from um founding fathers who just uh, read john locke all day and -hmm. other enlightenment philosophers they had to in fact they did they dipped into our catholic natural law theory specifically saint robert bellarmine to be able to produce the uh, the documents in other words it was only the catholic uh, uh arsenal of our um, 
of our philosophy was able to produce those documents. So we are very much Catholic in our very core. So to be American is to be Catholic in a, in a, in a beautiful way. If you know that, that's going to impel you to get behind and seize upon this Catholic moment in this country, which is not only going to help our faith and help their souls, but help the nation. Absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense. We're about to, we're just up on a, on a break. And so I'll hold off on this question until we come back from the break. But it seems very interesting to me because then it becomes a question of how do we know that someone is living up to it? Because you have the classic line that we have heard. I think it came from Cardinal Bernadine that, uh, oh, well, we have to look at all the issues of saying the seamless garment theory. And so I am a Catholic, but, you know, we have to prioritize. And so they kind of have this idea that I can support abortion because I support other things that are that are good, too. And so then it becomes a question of, all right, so how do we actually set this aside? And then it also becomes, you mentioned, a question of judgment. Um, how do we get the bishops involved in this? Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that ultimately have the decision of deciding whether someone's Catholic or not. All this and more we're going to cover when we come back. We're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, this and much more Catholics for Catholics. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who did God use to get John the Baptist filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's your choices. Could it have been Simeon or St. Joseph or maybe an unknown prophet? Maybe Jesus. Who was it? Your answer in a moment. Secondly, so what methods do we see in the New Testament for Christians receiving the Holy Spirit? Well, it was usually through the laying on of hands. Peter and John laid hands on those in Samaria. St. Paul laid hands on those believers in Ephesus. Prior to that, we see Jesus merely breathing on the apostles. So here's your answer. A greeting. Yes, a greeting. You see, after Gabriel's powerful annunciation to the Virgin Mary, a simple, profound greeting from Mary to Elizabeth caused John the Baptist to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, he leaped in her womb. Now, to all my daring Pentecostal church friends, no matter how much you pray in tongues over someone, this method won't work. Why? Because it's not a method. It was the divine team of the Blessed Trinity, Gabriel, Mary, and Elizabeth, and that, my friend, will not happen again. Hey, Donnie, name four of the seven sacraments. Baptism, confession. That's right, reconciliation. Communion and confirmation. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, it's it's very interesting to me. We're talking to Mr. John Yep with Catholics for Catholics. It's a very interesting idea here to keep Catholics who are running for office or who are in office accountable to the Catholic faith. It's very interesting, especially since we see these things popping up. Like, for instance, it just came up onto my feed uh, Bree Dell tweeting out from 20 minutes ago. She says, wondering how this uh, pol- politician represents Archbishop Cordelione of San Francisco and his millions of Roman Catholic constituents in supporting blatantly blasphemous anti-Catholic group. And it's the politicians in San Francisco hanging out with the quote unquote sisters of perpetual indulgence, uh, more accurately described as the transvestites of perpetual indulgence. And these, uh, it's very concerning because Senator Scott Weiner is out here and he is uh, promoting this dissident evil ideas. And yet San Francisco and California as a whole is filled to the brim with Catholics. And yet we see this. 
But the question becomes, who gets to decide if someone is Catholic and whether or not they're following Catholic teaching? If it's America Magazine, they might say, yeah, this is Catholic. Uh, whereas if you ask me, I'd say, no, this is obviously not Catholic. And so, Mr. Yep, how do we discern whether or not, how, what kind of criteria are we looking at? So, uh, first off, uh, well, the responsibility ultimately lies it's with the bishops who are in union with Rome and what our faith is always taught, right? So you can have a totally uh, off-the-rails bishop who might say something crazy, but if he's not in union with Rome and what we've always taught, then it's it's something that you don't have to follow, right? Um, that's what we've always believed, right? Our faith. That's how um, church magisterium works. So that that being said, the USCCB does uh, as a very basic thing has laid out. This is early two thousands. Um, the five non negotiables uh, that uh, must be kept in mind when you go to the voter polls. Uh, that's abortion, same sex marriage, uh, re- uh, religious freedom, uh, stem cell research, uh, and uh, dealing with human cloning. Now, those five non negotiables, interestingly enough. They are, um, they maybe they could be updated because some of those things were more prominent back in the early 2000s. So it, a lot of us are talking like maybe there needs to be an updated list or kind of hone in on what's, um, what are the five non negotiables, like things that we can't not, not do without, right? Uh, as we head to the voter, we have to keep those in mind. Um, so we have those kind of basic five parameters for voting that the USCCB has given us. Um, the, but going back, I think, to, um, a more basic thing about you were talking earlier before about uh, before the break about uh, the seamless garment theory with Cardinal Bernadine, right? Correct. And, and what a confusion that was. That was like a um, um, a dirty bomb that was dropped into uh, the Catholic political sphere. Uh, sphere. It was just it just confused everybody. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a equality of issues, but there's not. There's a hierarchy of issues. That's basic philosophy. Saint Thomas Aquinas taught that Aristotle, Plato. Uh, that there are issues which rank higher. First among them is the right to life, right? So that is you know, first and foremost, which should be on our minds as we as we vote. Um, and I, I want to also uh, remind people, remind even the bishops out there who maybe don't know this, that we have a rich tradition in our Catholic faith of bishops in times past who have actually come out and forbid or banned participation in some political parties. Uh, I, I reference, uh, there was a great article by Michael Hitchborn in Crisis Magazine about a year ago on this, uh, where you know they talked about some of the bishops in the 1930s in Germany. Uh, there's also a book um, by Tan Books called The Lion of Minster. The bishop That's there. That's right. Um, so the, Cardinal. the name is escaped. Yeah, the names escape me at the minute, uh, at the, uh, the moment. But um, that the bishop was. There were some bishops that were absolute stalwart, you know, war horses, and basically said, if you join the Nazi socialist emphasis on socialist party, uh, this is in the 1930s, by the way. Before it was very well known about the concentration camps that were all, you know, all over, all over Europe. So this is, you know, prior to Kristallnacht, which was 1938. And it was early on, and they still came out and made those statements that if you join this party, you are not in good standing with our Catholic faith. And then it happened later on as well in the 1940s, in some cases, late 1940s, after the Second World War, early 1950s, in Italy, where bishops also um, forbade their um, flock to become members of the uh, of the Communist Party that was really trying mm-hmm. to make a huge um, inroad into Italy at that time. My point is this. 
I pose the question to the audience and to the listeners out there. Have we reached a moment objectively? Let's look at the platform of the Democrat Party today. And let's look at the, uh, compare it to what it was in 1933 in Nazi, in Nazi Germany in the early 1930s. To, uh, wh- how is it different? Maybe it is. No, what, yeah. Uh, that I, we, need, we need to look at that. No, but that's a great bishops point. Bishops have come out at different times in history and made these statements. You know, And maybe that's something that the USCCB can talk about in June when they meet in a couple of weeks in Orlando. Because that leadership is absolutely important. This is I, you know, it's funny, Adrian. We we sometimes we hear, um, you know, people say uh, early on we actually took some criticism, like, oh, you guys were being too political. Some some clerics um, were saying, okay, you're too you're too you're too political. Um, but ironically, you know, it was a it was a bishop who commented to, to us about this. But I pointed out, I said, bishop, let's look at your state, and we have a good relationship with him, the bishop and I. I said, bishop. You guys are saying that we're being political and that we should stay away from that stuff. But I said, your state bishops conference just endorsed two of the six propositions on the ballot. You know, mm-hmm. there's different props. Mm-hmm. You know, that every state has to come up like the prop one, right. prop two hundred two, whatever it is. You guys just endorsed two of them. Now let's not even talk about what the content is. Uh, you know, which one of them, by the way, right or wrong, was the, it was the decision that us voters would have to pay for the college education of all those who cross the border illegally, right? Again, right around mind, I'm going to get into that right now. But it was interesting is that they opined that we should. So here they were making a video about a proposition, up, which is clearly political. And right. the other one, by the way, was like, it was, it was totally like not even that important in terms of the scale of like five non-negotiables it was about um how to refinance debts and, and different uh, bank loans it was some crazy proposition but it's like what <laughs> why would you guys get involved with that when you have candidates who are saying i'm catholic and i'm going to receive abortion i'm living with my homosexual partner right right it's like there's some there's no a that's a it's a great point and i think also that this is a a good point to bring up in regards to the culture because i'm thinking of while you're talking about this the thing that i was thinking of was the legion of decency which was an amazing uh organization run by the catholic bishops in america that forbade catholics that encouraged catholics in mass at the end of mass the catholics would stand up and they would pledge a a oath of decency to not attend movies that are bad and this is and they're talking about movies that have last minute that have sexual immorality things like that and that they would encourage others to not go and to encourage them to protest it and this was a not just a cultural act but this is a political act and how what were they able to do they created the golden age of the uh, of the movie industry of hollywood the golden age of hollywood which had all these things that were censored and this was a good thing. And so this is something that the bishops can do and they have the power to do, but they just choose to not do. So is this purely a political move or is it there is an element to this that we want to uh, bring about the culture? And I'm thinking the, the big one is the L.A. Dodgers. That's the one everyone's talking about right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? L.A. Dodgers, oh man, let's talk about them real quick. So we all kind of been following it, probably more or less. The, you know, these sisters who they're not sisters. They they mock they're our transvestites. Lord. They yeah, transvestites. They mock our Lord, our Lady. They you know, I wouldn't recommend even watching their shows even if I was an adult. But let alone having the kids watch this stuff. It's it's horrible stuff. It's blasphemy. L.A. Dodgers invited them. A bunch of Catholic groups pushed back. 
they 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 step back, but coincidentally they got removed or they got put back on the roster. And of all days, June sixteenth, the feast of the Sacred Heart. I mean, what a dumb day to do it. They don't realize the power of grace is going to be coming at them on that day from Catholics around the world. But June sixteenth, it's it's happening in LA Dodger Stadium. What sixty thousand fans are going to see this stuff? And uh, we have rallied. It's been a beautiful moment because we've seen groups all over the country. And Protestant groups, too. That's the crazy thing. Non-Christian groups, even a Jewish rabbi, has been very prominent speaking about this, have come together and said, this is not cool. This is bigotry. This is slamming, well, you know, the biggest voter block in the nation, the Catholics. And we're not going to allow this. So we have, um, we've, Catholics for Catholics has taken a very prominent lead in organizing with some other groups uh, this prayerful procession. Uh, that will uh, end up outside L.A. Dodger Stadium. And the best part is that we have Bishop Joseph Strickland, who has just recently agreed last week over the weekend, uh, told uh, Catholics for Catholics that he was game, wanted to come on, uh, be their part of it. So we're going to have a shepherd, one of the successors of the apostles there with us uh, to be to pray with us uh, there on the, on the streets of L.A., June 16th. People are wondering, too, like, okay, I, I'd love to be here. That's a great idea. I mean, we're getting hundreds of – we're going to have 1,000 people or more. And that's what it's looking like we're projecting um, to be there. But it, oh, how do I participate? I can't be there in person. you got to pray, number one, that we don't – you know, that it's uh, it remains peaceful, that um, we're protected. Yeah, LAPD has been very good to us. They are very encouraging of us. But you can also uh, support our billboard campaign. We have the face of Jesus Christ all over – the streets of L.A. right now in eight different locations, a great, beautiful picture of a sacred heart. And it says June is the month of the sacred heart. And it's just awesome. Mm. And, and people are loving that uh, ability to be able to give and see their fruit displayed <laughs> on um, what's become ground zero right now for this culture war in the month of June. Well, maybe I'll have to uh, fly out to L.A. and uh, attend this. Uh, there looks like uh, the American Eats Fatima is going to also be there. I have very uh, I work closely with American Needs Fatima, and I think they do great work. So that's amazing. Um, but the last question before we run out of time here, uh, where can people get connected with you? Where pe- can people learn more information and uh, and be able to follow what's going on with Catholics for Catholics? You can just Google the letter C, F-O-R-C.com. We'll come up there or just Google Catholics for Catholics. Uh, we're on our website there, and you can see, you know, we have we have some cool things on the website. We, you know, we have the ability to uh, jump in, support the billboard campaign. You get the latest uh, news on, on the political stuff. Uh, we also have a um, live stream uh, adoration, um, which uh, – you know, so people can, you know, just watch the video live feed if they're at work or whatever and see our Lord Jesus Christ there. As it connects you to what's important. Um, with the, and uh, that's what you can find us there or on social media, uh, especially Twitter and uh, True Social. Perfect. And so that is uh, C4C. Is that right? C4C.com. Right, so check that out. C4C.com. Thank you very much, Mr. John Yep. And God bless you and God love you. And that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. And if you can join us and stay with us for the next hour, because Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be joining us to talk about the virtues. We're going through all the virtues. So if you are not aware of the four cardinal virtues and the three theological virtues, we're going to be covering that.
www.rnonline.com forward slash CDT. There you can find all of our information. Get connected with us. Join our email list because the CDT team is going to be going through the St. Robert Bellarmine Catechism together as a team. You're going to enjoy it, I'm sure. How do you join, you may ask? Well, it's very simple. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There you can sign up for our email list and you'll get all the information on how to join our private Telegram chat where we will be going through the Robert Bellarmine Catechism. But if not, we'll see you back 6 a.m. Central. But if you can join us, we'll be having Bishop Sheen today on In Just One Moment. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's the primary reason you chose your present church? Doctrinal positions, your family's church, the pastor, church friendliness, dynamic youth ministry? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, statistics. A survey showed that 87% of those who attend a non-Catholic church choose their church because of the senior pastor's sermons. Secondly, the reason for Catholics, this comes from Canon Law 518, which says, as a general rule, a parish is to be one which includes all the Christian faithful of a certain territory. And thirdly, my response, the average span of a mature Christian staying at a non-denominational church is between 18 and 24 months. Why such a short time? You know the reason. They came because we love the pastor and his sermons. He's so relatable and so current. Whoops, now they're tired of relatable and current, so just go down the street. They found some new relatable and current. Oh, the alluring draw of charisma. Fortunately, at a Catholic church, the sermon is not the central moment. Do you know what is the central moment? Body and blood. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. I'm Denise Majeski from Epiphany of the Lord in Katy. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Sometimes you just need to take a breath and say, okay, everything is chaos. Everything's spinning. A lot of plates in the air. Got to catch them all. And... It's good to every once in a while slow down a bit and remember the fundamentals. And I think one thing that we just don't know a lot about today is the virtues. We don't have virtue and we know less about what is virtue. So 
joining us right now via Zoom chat is Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today from the snowy north. I heard it's 45 degrees in Canada right now. I'm looking outside and I stepped outside. It was like 90 degrees this morning. And I'm like, man, maybe I should go to Canada for the summer. Uh, but thank you for joining us, Alan Smith. Yep, you got to. There you go. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're welcome. No, it was, I woke up, it was 45 degrees, and uh, we've got the forest fires uh, creating a great deal of smoke, and so it's keeping things a little bit cool. But um, it's that, uh, I want to just say, the love of Christ that warms our hearts and uh, helps us to bear this uh, seasonal cha change. And in Canada, sometimes you can experience all four seasons in one day. Um, but uh, again, uh, we're used to this. I put the hoodie on this morning. And we're all good. Very good. Very good. Well, we love having you on. Uh, we are going through the virtues now. We may want to recap a little because last week we were on retreat, so we didn't have it last week. And so we're picking up where we left off. Uh, so, Alan, well, give us a quick recap about uh, what we were talking about last time. Right. I, I, again, what Fulton Sheen does is he takes the seven virtues and gives us a little bit of help with, he's like our life coach. And uh, we went through the virtues of fortitude, uh, the virtue of hope, the virtue of prudence, and the virtue of faith last time that we uh, met. And uh, because we need to practice prudence in this world and how important it is to be prudent these days, especially with all the things going on. Uh, of course, we need that fortitude to endure the faith, um, endure the trials of this life, uh, have that hope in the salvation of Christ, the hope in Jesus, and of course, uh, have to have faith. And uh, so, again, you can see what Fulton Sheen is doing. He's saying, I know you're struggling. I know you need help. And so every week he went onto the radio airwaves and gave these catechism lessons. It was called the Catholic Hour back in the 30s and 40s, but really it was the teaching of the faith. And so in the season of Lent during 1940, uh, he gave seven lectures on the seven virtues and then tied them in beautifully to the seven last words that our Lord spoke from the cross as you know a teaching tool and today we're going to go through three more of the virtues but use uh, again as a lens the seven last words and the first one we can reflect on today is uh, the virtue of temperance and uh, of course we uh, live in a world where we just um, feed ourselves we indulge um, it's not just food and drink sometimes it's sports and entertainment uh, yet our Lord's on the cross saying the words, I thirst. And that's his battle cry for us to say, thirst for me. Uh, but I'm going to show you how to practice the virtue of temperance. And so when you wake up in the morning and you know this is the day I have to overcome these struggles of, of overindulging, what can I use as my motivation tool? And it's the words of our Lord, I thirst. Hmm. And so again, who wants to practice temperance in this world of buffets? And um, everything's available to us. So uh, again, we need help. And Fulton Sheen gives us that help and gives us a few good ideas in his book, The Seven Virtues, uh, which is still uh, available today on Amazon. So again, it's a book that you can pick up and read yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I love uh, the, the virtue of temperance about relating to I thirst. It's it's so fitting because, you know, we in our modern era, we have a culture of gluttony. 
and we just have we just eat and drink whenever uh, we want and there is no sense of slowing down and the desert fathers would talk about this and they say that to conquer all the other vices the first thing to do is to conquer your stomach because if you can't even conquer your stomach how would you face the other temptations that are going to be plaguing you and so fasting and these kind of practices are very, very good for us to be able to keep in mind. Now, does Fulton Sheen give any um, suggestions about how we can actually practice the virtue of temperance, especially when it comes to gluttony? Yeah. Well, he, um, you know, there's that old saying, uh, fail to plan, then plan to fail. So you have to have a game plan every day. And so he'd say, okay, how about we try these three things? Give up if you're a smoker, Give up the ninth cigarette, um, the giveaway, you know, just give up one cigarette a day or two. Um, it's a little uh, thing, but give up one. And there's that time where you can say, okay, I can go without this cigarette right now at this moment. Uh, give up that second lump of sugar in your coffee. Uh, we all seem to like a lot of sugar and cream in our coffee. So there's that opportunity to say, hey, how about I just try to give up one cream or one sugar? Um, the one thing he loves to challenge us, he says, give up that opportunity to make a sarcastic remark. Um, you know, a lot of times I go through the day and I'm making commentary about people's conversations or how they look or how they dress. But for me then to think, okay, give up that um, those opportunities to make sarcastic remarks or critical commentaries uh, to build your character. So, but again, have that game plan to say, today I'm going to give up that cigarette. I'm going to give up that sugar or cream. I'm going to give up that sarcastic remark. Uh, so that's what he does. Make a plan and then try your best. And then at the end of the day, do your examination of conscience and see how you did. And then try again tomorrow. Hey, Amen. Amen, Alan. This is Tito. What you were saying is giving up that, that little sar sarcastic remark. I, I'm a huge uh, sinner in, in that area, and I'm, I'm tr trying my best. But w what I wanted to reflect upon mm -hmm. was you sound a little bit like St. Therese of Lisieux, giving up these little things little by little, which leads to giving up bigger things. Is, is that what you were trying to point out? Well, and that's what Sheen is. Sheen is saying, I'm going to work with you and... You know, for you to quit cold turkey, we know that doesn't work, you know, but it's that whole thing. And you have to understand, uh, Bishop Sheen loved St. Therese of Lisieux. And in fact, Bishop Sheen was a professed third order Carmelite. Wow. Uh, in, in 1948, he enrolled uh, and became a third order Carmelite. So he has a Carmelite spirituality deep down. And so uh, I think he took a lot from St. Therese and then uh, put it onto the radio. So uh, doing those little things well for the love of God, it, it works today <laughs> in the year 2023. Now, Alan, let's go over to the sixth virtue, which is justice. Now, Fulton Sheen relates this to it is consummated, or more people might recognize it as it is finished. And so what say you about what Fulton Sheen had to say about justice? Yeah, yeah. what uh, Fulton Sheen was trying to uh, give us as a teaching tool was, um, are you giving God his due? And this is what's so important is that uh, do we give God um, his glory, his praise? Um, you know, I think he wanted to point to the cross and said, you know, when we look at a crucifix, uh, do we realize that we had something to do with it? 
and that we need to make reparation. Uh, that's just when you make reparation, when you pay a debt. Um, and I think it's important that we have that mindset to say, what can I do to make up with God, to give him his due? Uh, our Lord from the cross was saying to God the Father, it is finished. I've done my job. I've done what you've asked me to do. Uh, again, he gave up his life for mankind. And so we can learn from the, that, that word, you know, it is finished, to say, now I have to do my part to recognize my faults and give God his due. Um, so that's the important thing. Do we have God on our minds? And are we willing to, um, you know, to make up and to identify, to say that I'm a Christian and the cross is my banner? Do I carry a small crucifix with me? Do I put these gentle reminders on my desk to say, I'm a Christian, I follow God? Um, all these things. Sometimes we forget that we're even Christian, that we're even Catholic, because, uh, you know, we go about our lives busy, 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 and then at the end of the day we remember, oh, yeah, I didn't say my prayers. I didn't uh, have my devotions. So, uh, again, Sheen is saying, uh, have that plan to put God in your life, put a crucifix in your pocket, put one on your desk, have those holy cards, and give God his due. Absolutely. And Fulton Sheen, in response to this, he says, and now that evil was spent in the final act of crucifixion, seeing that in justice, the last farthing was paid in the red coin of his blood and the mortgage against man paid back. He uttered his cry of triumph. It is consummated. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing, especially in this time where everybody talks about uh, debt forgiveness and all these different things. It's a lack of sense of justice. If you take out a loan, you got to pay it. If you wrong somebody, you need to make reparation. If you steal, you need to restore all these different things. And it's such a lost uh, situation. And we see this most perfectly in the innocent victim who paid the price out of justice to God on behalf of those who <laughs> refuse to pay it ourselves. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And Fulton Sheen explains it excellently in The Seven Virtues. But lastly, let's go through the seventh virtue, which is charity, a virtue uh, that is amongst uh, is the greatest of all virtues. And Fulton Sheen relates it, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit. Now, Alan, what are your thoughts? Well, Fulton Sheen explains that um, everything comes full circle. Um, you know, Jesus left heaven to come to earth, and then he goes back to heaven. He returns to the Father. And again, we have to have that same mindset to say that we were created by God for God and that we will return to him one day. Uh, but yet, uh, again, love is the greatest power that we can uh, use here on this earth, uh, the spirit of charity. Uh, you know, again, our Lord was giving up everything that was um, most cherished to him. Of course, he had gave up his possessions, uh, his clothes to the executioner, his, um, of course, his mother and St. John to each other, but he was saving his best to last, and that was his will. He was giving God his holy will. And how often do we say, I want to unite my will to the will of the Father? Uh, that's important. It's, it, it's a game changer for all of us if we can just unite our will 
to the will of the Father, uh, just as Jesus did. It's the imitation of Christ. Um, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Uh, we are very selfish by nature. It's about me, me, me. But when we can think of others, um, then, of course, uh, that is exercising that virtue of charity. So uh, we need to practice that virtue to build up the muscle. And uh, that is the thing. But um, again, the perfection of all virtue is charity and love of God and love of neighbor. And of course, Fulton Sheen uh, reminded us that in his writings and his radio addresses and many of his television shows. And, you know, it's very interesting because... This morning we were reading the the gospel today, and it was on the greatest commandment, which is to love God, and the second is like unto it to love your neighbor. And it's very interesting because we see Saint Augustine when he talks about this, he says, "Love God and do what thou wilt." And many people will respond to that, and be like, oh, "You can, I can do anything I want." That sounds like Protestantism. Well, once saved, always saved. Just love God, and then you can do anything, and no big deal. But what does Augustine really mean? He means exactly what our Lord says: If you love God, you will keep His commandments. So, if you love God, then you are keeping His commandments, and then everything else is all right. Then do as you will, as long as you're keeping all the commandments and you're loving God and you're loving your neighbor. Then everything else. It's up to you. Uh, we're just about out of time, Alan. Any last thoughts, and where can people keep up with you? Well, you know, again, my last thoughts are practice the virtues. Give it a try. <laughs> Give it a try. And, uh, you know, I think we all try to avoid the seven deadly sins that's on our mind. But do we ever think, oh, I'm going to practice some of the virtues? So try to practice the virtues. Uh, of course, you know, watch Fulton Sheen, read Fulton Sheen, listen to Fulton Sheen. And you can do that by visiting our website, bishopsheentoday.com, because we need Bishop Sheen today. And so uh, on the website, bishopsheentoday.com, is hundreds of videos, hours of audio recordings. Uh, his books are all there. So, uh, you know, read Sheen, listen to Sheen, and watch Sheen. There you go. And bishopsheentoday.com bishopsheentoday.com thank you very much Alan Smith for joining us we're going to go into our game show Fear and Trembling that number 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 call now we always take the first caller we'll be right back Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed to the church down the street. I also want to dialogue with all the young people. Catholics are committed to building a society which is truly tolerant and inclusive. Let us treat others with the same passion and compassion with which we want to be treated. 
Come and see what good things God is waiting for you at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We always take our first caller so you can be our contestant. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling. And you may be asking, what exactly is Fear and Trembling? Well, Fear and Trembling is the Catholic trivia game show where we give out prizes. We have three Catholic trivia questions here and these three catholic trivia questions i'm not going to ask you the question that's the trick instead i'm going to ask tito the questions he's going to give me an answer and it's your job to discern whether or not he's telling you the truth or whether or not he's trying to deceive you you'll have 15 seconds on the clock and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize tito what could they win they could win a CDT prize pack, which includes a coffee mug signed by Adrian, myself, and I believe Taylor also, as well as a book by Fulton Sheen and a book to be determined later. That is our CDT prize pack, and you can't win if you don't play, so please call that number. At 877-757-9424. So make sure you call that number, and when, when you do, you can... Uh have a chance to win exclusive prizes like the, a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence and i gotta tell you we are uh, running low on coffee cups on replicas of our coffee cup of divine providence and we have approximately eight more so um, there's not many opportunities left to win a replica of our coffee cup of divine providence. And you can always get our information by going to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You are welcome to hop on with us and do that. And that's always a possibility. So there you can list our phone number, our emails, our rules to the game show. All those things can be found at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. So make sure you have that and put us on your speed dial and you can always hop on as early as the top of the seven o'clock hour and wait on hold. And we always take the first caller. Uh, but joining us right now is Jose. Good morning to you, Jose. Jose, can you hear me? Diana, are you there, Diana? Oh, Diana. Yes. Somebody <laughs> took our mouse. Oh, okay, Diana, Diana. Good morning to you, Diana. Diana, where are you calling from? I am calling from San Antonio. San Antonio. Very good. We have uh, our favorite uh, people are from San Antonio because uh, that is where the vast majority of our callers come in from, San Antonio. We love it. So uh, where are you off to this morning? Um, off to work. Off to work. Very good, very good. Uh, where do you work at? Are you working at a uh, 
I don't know, it sounds kind of like a underwater, you work underwater, you're an underwater <laughs> uh, welder? I, I guess I would, if I can snorkel, sure. There you go. There you go. Uh, all righty, Diana. Well, are you familiar with how the game works? Yes, sir, I am. All right, perfect. Then you know Tito can be a little tricky, so you're going to want to make sure that you are uh, keeping a keen ear out, all right? Well, let's do. All right, well, let's do it then. Uh, first question. Okay, let's bring this on. The first question, what group did Jesus chase out of the temple? What group did Jesus did, did Jesus chase out of the temple? I would say the liturgical dancers, but oh. I know that's a 20th hmm. century invention, so oh. uh, something about exchanging rates of coins or something, they had a get their because pe the Jews came from all over the diaspora and they had their own money and so they had to change it so it had to be the the money changers there we go I knew I'd get to it it's okay. the money changers that Jesus chased out all right clear as mud all <laughs> right Diana the question on the board is what group did Jesus chase out of the temple 15 seconds on the clock Tito seems to think it's the money changers. Uh, what say you, Diana? Is it the money changers, or is he trying to deceive you? Well, that's tricky, because they were changing money. So I'm going to go with Tito. Okay, she's going to go with yes. There you go, Diana. Praise <laughs> be to God. You Praise nailed me. it. Yeah. Very good. Easy peasy. Uh, you got a one for one so far. That's a 100% success rate. How do you feel? Feeling well. Pretty feeling well. I'm ready for the next one. Oh, she's ready. She's oh. done. She's ready. She's like, let's bring it. Bring it on, she says. All right. All righty, Diana. She the, must be a roadrunner. She's obviously from San Antonio. Yeah. San Antonians are uh, experts at the game show, as what I've noticed. They they hustle us. They call in. They're like, oh yeah, I've I've never called. But I have no idea how to play. The, and then they just like be, win all the all the questions. But all right, Diana, let's jump into question number two here. Tito, question number two. Okay. What is the three day time period that is a preparatory time for a great feast in which special prayers or devotion are offered? Wow, they're very general about that. But the, the, the most popular one that comes to mind would be uh, the the tri tri gym tri, tritium. The tritium. Uh, yeah, tri is for three, and duum is a con, conju, conjugated noun of dium. I think I dium deum no dium. Yeah, so tritium that would be it. Like uh, the the tritium right before the resurrection of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. That's it. All right. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. All right, Diana. The question on the board is, what is the three-day time period that is a preparatory time for a great feast in which special prayers or devotions are offered? 15 seconds on the clock, Diana. Tito says it's the triduum. What say you, Diana? Is he right or is he wrong? What say you, Diana, from San Antonio, Texas? I am going to... Go with Tito, because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay, she's going back. There you go. There you go, Diana. Easy peasy. You got a a didium, a two. You got two right out of uh, out of three so far. That's a 100% success rate. You have two for two. 
So your name is in the coffee cup of Divine Providence twice already, and I, I feel <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a, you. You must be a secret theologian or something, right? Or you're a liturgist. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no. I uh, try to study as much as I can and stuff I study myself. There you go. The Bible and blogs and talk well, to people. So. Diana, yeah. the the correct answer is I listen to Catholic Drive Time every morning. That's the correct answer. <laughs> there you go. Hey, praise you to God, Diana. So well. <laughs> well, praise you to God, Diana. We are re- Are you ready for question number three? You're ready for question number two, but I'm looking over here and, whew, I don't know. I don't know. Uh-oh. This might be a tricky question. Are you ready for question number three, Diana? Absolutely. Absolutely. No hesitation. Not worried at all. Let's jump into wow. it then. Question number three, Tito. Uh huh. What does a fish on the calendar mean? So, you know, you have a calendar, you get yeah. your liturgical calendar. I love it. And you look at the calendar, and uh, let's say, that, oh, look, there's, it's a Friday on that calendar. Uh, there's a fish on it. What's up with that? What does that mean? Yeah, and the liturgical colors, it's fascinating. But yeah, the fish. You know, the first thing that came to my mind was ich- this Ichthys symbol. So oh. I'm going to go with that. That's it, right? All right. It's on You're the calendar. It means Ichthys. Yes. Thank All you. Right. I, I'm not really certain how to pronounce it, but Ichthys. Thank you. All right. Yes. All right, Diana. The question on the board, and just keep a keen ear out for, uh, for the trickiness. What does a fish on the calendar mean? mean 15 seconds on the clock diana what say you tito says it's the ichthys and that's what it means what say you diana from san antonio texas i'm going to have to say false you're gonna say he's false I, i i tend to agree but let's see if you're right that is correct, Diana. It is, in fact, incorrect. Diana. It, it is correct that it is incorrect. That is, uh, that's clear, right? Uh, the fish on the calendar, do you know what it means, Diana? Uh, it's a holy day of obligation. No, it means uh, abstaining from meat. Abstaining from meat. You're close. You're close. You shattered my image of you, Diana. You're so close. So close. I shouldn't have asked. I shouldn't have asked. Uh, it means abstaining from meat. So if you see a fish... It means no meat that day. If you see half of a fish, it means partial abstinence, meaning you can have meat for one meal and the rest of the meal is no meat. But you did great, oh, Diana. Okay. That's a 100% success rate. Uh, you didn't get the bonus question right, but you got 100% success for the game show. So way to go. Your name is in the coffee cup of Divine Providence three times. How do you feel? I feel awesome. Hopefully I will win. I would like to get that book from uh, Alton Amen. Amen. Yeah, that'd be great. Bishop Sheen today. Thank you very much, Alan Smith, for generously donating some Bishop Sheen books to us. We very much appreciate it. But uh, Diana, uh, now you can go into work and be like, yeah, I'm a Catholic trivia champion. So just let everybody know. Let everybody know. Spread the word. All righty, Diana. There you go. There you go. Maybe that's what we should send along with the coffee cup. A a I won Catholic trivia uh, sign. There we go. All righty, Diana. We're gonna put you on hold. So stay on the line so we can get your contact information. And but God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. Thank you. All right. I'm putting you on hold. And that's gonna do it for the radio side of our show this morning. 
If you want to join us in the after show where we interact with you directly, anything you want to talk about, we'll discuss. Just leave a comment down below and we will make sure to get that to you or get to you rather. And where do you do that? You may ask. Well, hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, and look up Catholic Drive Time and join us live and we can interact with you directly. But if not, we'll see you back 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern across the Guadalupe Radio Network. We would love to have you on. Tomorrow, we're going to have Timothy Flanders on with 1 Peter 5, talking about devotion to the Sacred Heart. It'll be a great conversation. So stay tuned. And there's a lot of news coming out. So make sure you're on our email list if you want to get in touch with us. But God love you. God bless you. And remember, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Community. This morning we are celebrating Thursday of the ninth week of Ordinary Time. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of our listeners on Guadalupe Radio Media, for those here present and those joining us online. Alleluia, sing to Jesus, His the scepter, His the throne. Alleluia, His the triumph, His the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. Jesus, out of every nation, has redeemed us by his blood. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers, brothers and sisters, that I have, have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what I have done, and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, 
Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. O God, whose providence never fails in its design, keep from us, we humbly beseech you, all that might harm us, and grant all that works for our good. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Such is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of chains, like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I bear with everything for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they too might obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, together with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. If you have died with him, if we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we persevere, we shall also reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind people of these things and charge them before God to stop disputing about words. This serves no useful purpose since it harms those who listen. Be eager to present yourself as acceptable to God, a workman who causes no disgrace, imparting the word of truth without deviation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are you who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Blessed, Blessed are, are those who fear the Lord. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home. Your children like olive plants around your table. Blessed, Blessed are, are those who, who fear, fear the Lord. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed, blessed are, are those who fear the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life to light through the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, 
which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying, He is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's Gospel highlights for us really the simplicity in a way of living out our Catholic faith. It's true that one could spend a lifetime studying the doctrines of our faith and still not be an expert in absolutely everything that pertains to it such as the level of richness and depth of the faith which we profess in the Catholic Church. But it's also true that in a way it all boils down to being able to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as Jesus has loved us. Those two commands in their essence, Jesus points out in today's Gospel, really are at the core of the Christian life. In a way, how simple it is, love God and love your neighbor and you are on a very good path. In that simplicity, we can see that there really is a kind of equal opportunity in our faith. Christianity is for everyone. Whether you are young or old, whether you are sick or healthy, whether you are rich or poor, irrespective of whatever location where you are living now and whatever the circumstances are there, the call is the same. Love God and love your neighbor. <clears throat> Those two commands, of course, are intimately connected together. The love of God is a ascent to give our whole life, everything of our being to God, knowing that he is our creator, he is the first cause of our existence, and therefore we truly owe everything to him. Further, we recognize that our love of God is really a response to the fact that God loved us first. He created us, but then he also redeemed and saved us through the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross. And our love for God is really a response to the generosity of all the blessings and gifts that God has given to us. In terms of the love of neighbor and its connectedness to the love of God, we're called to remember two things. The first is to say, if we truly love God with all of our heart, then we will love everything as well which God has created. And that, of course, includes the pinnacle of his creation, which is the human person. And thereby, in our love of God, we are also called to love one another because we have been formulated as the body of Christ. We have been formulated to be one family in God. And we are called to love all things that God has made. And again, that includes the pinnacle of his creation, other human beings. So really to love God is also then to be able to love our neighbor. 
But furthermore, we can also say that if we recall the basic definition of love that St. Thomas Aquinas gives, which is willing the good for the other, in our love of neighbor, we also come to recognize that the greatest good we could ever will for the ones who we love truly is God. God is the only one who can grant the gift of resurrection, who grants the gift of redemption and salvation, and therefore the best way to love our neighbor is to will God for them because we know he is the only one who can satisfy the deepest desires of the human heart. And therefore, the love of God and love of neighbor are intimately connected. <clears throat> of course, when we think of the content of love, we are called to remember that Jesus Christ himself is love incarnate. And therefore, love is not merely a kind of sentimentality or nice feelings that we have toward other people, but ultimately it is Jesus himself who reveals to us the extent of what love is and the fullness of the content of love that we are called to love with. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that whatever our circumstances of life, whatever our location of life, whoever the people happen to be that surround us today on our pilgrim journey of faith, that we would always remember to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs, and in a special way in his recovery from surgery at this time. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops, that they would be true shepherds of Jesus Christ to guide the flock safely to pasture. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that would safeguard and promote the dignity of human life from the first moment of conception, and laws which would never transgress the natural law. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all those joining us for this Mass via Guadalupe Radio Media and online. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for those who have asked for our prayers, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in the theological virtue of charity in our hearts. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. I heard a 
voice of Jesus, say, Come unto me and rest. Down thy weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. Came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn, and sad. I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give. The living water, thirsty one, Stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus, and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Trusting in your compassion, O Lord, we come eagerly with our offerings to your sacred altar, that through the purifying action of your grace we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. In him you have been pleased to renew all things, giving us all a share in his fullness. For though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself, and by the blood of his cross brought peace to all creation. Therefore he has been exalted above all things, and to all who obey him has become the source of eternal salvation. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, 
in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your Church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuu, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy 
we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O Jesus, we adore Thee, who in Thy love divine Conceal Thy mighty Godhead In forms of bread and wine O sacrament most holy O sacrament divine all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O Jesus, we adore thee, our victim and our priest, whose precious blood and body become our sacred feast. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, 
All praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O Jesus, we adore thee, our Savior and our King, and with the saints and angels a humble homage bring. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Let us pray. Governed by your Spirit, we pray, O Lord, those you feed with the body and blood of your Son, that professing you not just in word or in speech, but also in works and in truth, we may merit to enter the kingdom of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, ma misericordiae, vita dulce do, et spes nostra salve, a te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo, arvocata nostra. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hi, 
I'm Dr. Katie To from Stanford.